from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast. And now it's time for the Daily Douchebag Pledge. Two Douchebags and a Microphone Pledge. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to download every show. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to grab family members' phones and download the show from there. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to go to public computers and download the show from there. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to laugh at all the unfunny jokes. I, Joe, or Jane Listener, hereby promise to lie to all my friends and tell them how good the show is. And finally, I, Joe, or Jane Listener, promise to visit Montrose, Missouri to take advantage of the power plant, campgrounds, and junkyard all within its quarter-mile radius. This is the voice guy from your favorite podcast, Two Douchebags and a Microphone. People often ask us how they can find us when doing a remote broadcast. One, smell. Go to the city market and start sniffing. Our aroma's been described as a mixture of flea powder for goats, Tabasco sauce, and old sock with dark fuzzy urine. Two, look for the spot absent of patrons. Three, the most telling sign is a crowd of patrons vomiting uncontrollably. Four, just call us at 816-512-7717. Two thimble dicks and a crash cart will be right back. The apocalypse just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat. Burdock is a plant that has edible leaves, stalks, and roots. It is also known for its medicinal properties and its ability to stick to clothing. Some of the uses for foods is in soups and stews, sautéed in a stir-fry, pickled either for sushi or a snack. It is also used in braised kempira, a Japanese side dish. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. You have the personality of a soggy newspaper. As much fun as an electric can opener to the scrotum, two douchebags and a microphone. Next up, things overheard in hell. Well, that new Hanson CD is just delightful. Uh-huh. Oh, this is Two Douchebags and Microphone. I'm Mark. And I am Rob. All right. Hey, Rob, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I've had a very, very busy day for this show. Yeah, we spoke for a little bit before the program, and you really did. But you got everything yeah. done, so that's good, except for eating, but you said you can do that afterwards, so that's good, and that's what I'm doing, too. Um, yeah, I, I just literally got done cooking dinner, Yeah, it's, that's fine. I can heat it up after a while. It was something easy, so. Mm-hmm. But, I yeah, I did a lot of homework today for tonight. So. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of homework lately, too. and I, I just, bet you have. There's I bet just, you have. 
there just happens to be a lot of stories floating around that are interesting right now and that's what we tend to do we try to get you we try to cherry pick the stuff that sound interesting that people like us would be interested in so and um, I've got one right here for you Rob okay so if you think Starbucks olive oil uh, lace coffee is as uh, divisive as it gets the coffee chain's latest offering in China might change your mind Rob the Seattle-based coffee giant yep recently rolled out a pork flavored latte in China for the Chinese New Year season that started on February 10th that a pork latte. No kidding. Damn. Yeah. Pork flavored latte. Star- pork latte. Yes. Yep. Starbucks Reserve, Reserve uh, Roastery in Shanghai announced the pork infused offering in a post on its verified Weibo mi- micro bling account. I guess that must be the Chinese version of uh, Windows or something. On February 5th, promoting the beverage as a coffee integrated with traditional New Year's customs. The limited edition beverage, whose name translates into Abundant Year Savory Latte, is pictured with a slice of skewered pork perched on top of the mug. Its official official English name is Lucky Savory Latte. So that's what we would call it over here. And um, if you're trying to describe it or talk about it like us... Starbucks said the coffee is a combination of espresso with Dong Po pork sauce, referring to a braised pork name after a famous 11th century poet. Steamed milk is added to the beverage before it's drizzled with more pork sauce. So, so get this, Rob. So they don't put chocolate. They don't okay, put, okay, I, I'm I, back. I'm back. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were gone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I had to pause and go throw up, man. Are you okay? Yeah, but pork latte? Oh, shit, I got you. I had to, dude, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 had, did, I, I get it, I get it. I put you on mute, and I had to go throw up. So, in, instead of drizzling chocolate on the top of this whipped cream or whatever, they drizzle pork. Oh, ch- now, now you add chocolate? Well, no, no, no. I'm saying the instead, here, whenever they do one, they, they put the whipped cream I, I on it. I must have missed quite a bit here. Uh, um, anyhow, it's okay. The special edition beverage is priced at 68 Chinese yen, or $9.50, at reserve stores in China, according to local media. The pork-flavored coffee has uh, gone viral on Chinese social media, mostly because people are were wondering if it's for real, but it is, and reviews are mixed. One user on... Uh, big Chinese name, it's Chinese Instagram, said the latte looks strange but was unexpectedly delicious with an intriguing sweet and salty flavor that combines the aromas of meat and coffee. You need to vomit again, Rob? Uh, I'm close. I'm close. Uh, Another one said it was disgusting. They said it tasted like fermented bean cured mixed with a sweetener. Um, Although a the piece of pork was quite tasty, they said. A third user said they were pleasantly surprised by the savory taste of the coffee. Well, even Starbucks describes the flavor as surprising. The Starbucks beverage is more expensive than a rival Lucking Coffee, which can cost as little as a buck forty thanks to aggressive discounts. And you want to know what Lucking Coffee is? Lucking Coffee is like the Starbucks of China. They are like the huge 
big swinging D um, coffee chain, right? You know, we we had Starbucks and they had Lutkin. Then Starbucks started getting into the Chinese market, but they are the second fiddle to the Lutkin coffee, which sounds like it's much cheaper and, you know, sounds like it might be a pretty good coffee too. So anyhow, thought uh, I thought that was an inter interesting story. And I got another yeah. one. I've got another one here. I want to talk it over with you, Rob. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. All right. Yeah, Dude, you, you made me throw up. Did I for real make you throw up? Dude, I guess I did. That, <laughs> wow. Fork and lock it. No. <laughs> yeah, it sounds horrible. Honestly. Um. Uh, you know, little Skippy Bayless. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that little bitch. Well, he's going to get another yeah. ass paddling again, even though he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, well, we're going to pull him out of the Hall of Fame. Even though football season is over? Oh, he's still yammering. He's still yammering, oh, waving his tiny right little on. fist in the air because his little Dallas Cowgirls can't win. And he's over there all just all, uh, all about the place with his little fist in the air, screaming at everybody that'll walk by. Skip Bayless makes an Andy Reid sold coaching soul claim after Travis Kelsey and his outburst at Andy Reid. NFL analyst Skip Bayless, and known little bitch, has accused Andy Reid of selling his coaching soul by forgiving Travis Kelsey's unacceptable behavior during Super Bowl 58. Now, you're talking about a guy, Andy Reid, that has taken two teams to the Super Bowl. One team once and six, five championship games, five championship games in the NFC, six in the AFC, one Super Bowl in the NFC, four Super Bowls in the AFC, and three Super Bowl titles. Now, little Skippy Bayless thinks he knows more than Andy Reid. He's waving his tiny little fists in the air, jumping up and down and screaming, and I just wish this little bitch would shut up. Listen, your cowgirls aren't going to get it, the big boys are in town, and they're not even ever going to face them, because your little fucking cowgirls aren't ever going to make it. So, you don't even have to worry about the big bad chiefs knocking off your little girls over there, because they're never going to make it. So... Skippy Bayless. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Yes. I, 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 and I think many people see the pattern here. I think I know where for you're going to go. For years, the Patriots was the team to beat. Yes. Before them, well, look in the '70s and '80s. The Cowboys was the team to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look now. Look at look at the nineties when they were dominant. Look now. Yeah. Chiefs yeah. are about to go for a three peak, I believe. Yes. Well, remember when Mahomes first came on the market, everybody was a Mahomes fan. Oh look at him. He's yeah. a nice guy. He's sweet. He's lovable. Been with his uh childhood sweetheart from, from a long time. Went to Texas Tech. Um um, his dad was a football player, or not a football player, a baseball player. They had all the videos of little Patrick out there being a ball boy and all that stuff, and his heart warm, and everybody just loved him. Now all that is being shoved apart because after they built him up and made him 
the superstar, the you immediately started knocking him down because that's what the Americans do. That's what we do over here. We're like, oh, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. Oh, okay, you've been here too long. You suck. You're horrible. You uh, probably beat your dog. You know, you cheat. Whatever. You know. And um, anyhow, Skippy Bayless is no different. Skippy Bayless was a hater on the Chiefs even before they became really good with Mahomes. Skippy Bayless, yeah, Skippy Bayless thinks that the coasts are the only thing that matters, and his little and his little cow bitches down there in Dallas. And anyhow, we're gonna have to pull his little ass out of the Hall of Fame and bare ass bank him for probably about ten minutes over this because he needs to shut his little know nothing mouth. You know, I mean. It, it, it's like the old saying, it's better to keep your mouth shut and people think you're a fool instead of opening your mouth and they know you're a fool. That's him. Every time okay. he opens his mouth... Go ahead. I'm tired of hearing you talking about him. Hell with 10 minutes. I'm beating his ass for 30 minutes. It's <laughs> because you keep talking about him. I'm going to see your 30 minutes. I'm tired of hearing about him. I'm going to see your 30 minutes, and I'm going to raise you another 20. You want to go for more? Ah, hell with it. Let's just do an hour apiece and get it over with. Right on. There we go. There you go, Skippy. There you go, little Can't Skip, Skip. Can't wait to see you. <laughs> um, I got a uh, Mick Mars uh, CD review. Do you want me to do it now? Or oh, do you, oh, 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 good, because I got a music story for you, too. Okay, go do your music story first. No, no. Oh, go ahead. What? I'll go oh, ahead and do Mick Mars. go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. And then I'll do Mick Mars okay. right after. Um, and this comes off one of your favorite places, American Songwriter. That is my favorite place, dude. That is... But, but it's a story. Okay. It's the meaning behind Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Now, this is going to be really interesting because I do not know this at all. And the guitar genius who brought it to life. Okay. I would hope that's Randy Rhodes, but I don't know for sure. Here we go. Okay. All aboard. Crazy Train began with Randy Rhodes' signature guitar riff. Mm -hmm. He played the riff for bassist Bob Daisley, who helped Rhodes flesh out the chord. Mm -hmm. With Rhodes' guitar feeding back through his amplifier, Daisley told him it sounded like a crazy train. (laughs) I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, uh, hang on. I, I gotta bring it back up. Okay. My, my phone just. Uh, By the way, oh, Bob Daisley is. I love Bob okay, Daisley. Okay. They brought the music to Osborne and he sang melodies over the instrumental. Daisley wrote the words and kept the crazy train theme. Mm hmm. The song's theme is often misconstrued as crazy, meaning going mad or insane. Yes. But the song references the Cold War, which consumed the world in the 1980s. Osborne Osborne sings of dictators in line, 
one condition to rule and control. That's in the Overwhelmed song? Overwhelmed by the world's chaos, uh -huh. with the United States and the Soviet Union avoiding nuclear war, mutually assured destruction, Osborne connects with the general feeling of helplessness in a world where school children routinely perform duck and cover exercises. Okay, so I kind of get it now. You know, he, he some of the lyrics are kind of uh, weird, or, or not weird, yeah. but kind of uh, not really inducive to being insane. You know, crazy, that's what I heard. Uh, millions of people live in this world. Um, you know, it's talking about it's not too late to learn how to love and forget hate. Then that's where that came from. Okay, all right, makes sense now. Okay, well, uh, think about the opening lyrics. Crazy, but that's how it goes. Yeah. Millions of people living as foes. Uh huh. Maybe it's not too late to learn how to love and forget how to hate. Okay. All right. It's about the Cold War. Yeah. It's okay. It's not about being crazy or insane. That's what I was referring to. I did the abbreviated version yeah. because I couldn't remember all the words, but thank you. That even makes even more sense. So, okay. Wow. Yeah, a great song. Phenomenal song. Randy oh, Rose. wait a second. Oh, okay. They even put out some more words in the song. Oh, yeah? Like what? Errors of a Cold War... That's what we've become. Inheriting troubles, I'm mentally numb. Crazy, I just cannot bear. I'm living with something that just isn't fair. Wow. I'll bet you... They even mentioned Cold War. I'll bet you 99% of the people that are familiar with Crazy Train never, are of, never knew I that. I never caught that until I read this. The song is so strong and vivid that it really doesn't allow you to listen to the lyrics. Agreed? Right. I, right. This song is so encompassing and that guitar is so insane. So good. Yeah, so I mean, precise. Yeah, you got Randy just wailing on that guitar yeah. behind the lyrics. And you know that you Bob... lost an old thing. Bob Daisley is, uh, was Ozzy's secret weapon for years. Bob yes, Daisley he was. He yes, wrote he so many songs for uh, for Ozzy. Um, he's not just a bassist like people think. He is a songwriter, an exceptional songwriter. Um, I have his book, for, for Fact's Sake, is what it's called. And it is one of the best books I've ever read. Because he played with all these different bands. Uriah Heep, Rainbow, Ozzy. I think he played with Sabbath for a little bit. He played with all these bands. And he has stories... Yeah. He has so many stories from all of these different um, bands, these uh, revolutionary uh, bands, these, uh, you know, legendary bands. And he was the backbone of all these bands uh, that were ultra successful and had really great different music that they offered at the time. Bob Daisley, to me, is a genius. He just never really got his name that well known unless you're into music. If you're into music, you know right, who the guy right. is and you love him. You know who he is. I know who he is. We're into music. I Tof know. Yeah, I know Tofu who he knows is. who he yeah. is. He's into music. So you see, it is, um, yeah, he's kind of like the unsung hero. So anyhow, um, 
anyhow, I've got this. Are you done, Rob? Is that it? No, that was it. Go, okay. Go, go for it, buddy. All right. Well, like I said, I was going to review the new Mick Mars. The Ace Freely album, 10,000 Volts, I reviewed that. You guys don't hear it. Well, yeah, you'll hear it by the time you hear this. Yes. Okay. So, I have not had a chance to stop and listen to it. It is. I need to. I need to. I know. 10,000 Volts is a masterpiece. This could be very uh, okay. well. Okay, give me an ass paddling for not listening to it yet. Okay, you'll be on the next one, and that's coming up. There uh, you go. The ass paddling's coming up. Uh, ass paddling's coming up Tuesday night because I still have a couple more names I got to put in there. I have some ideas, unless you have some ideas off the air, but most of the ass paddlings are filled. So, um, anyhow, Mick Mars, new album, The Other Side of Mars. Okay, first off, I knew this was going to be a good album because it was produced by Michael Wagner. Who is Michael Wagner? I know you know, Rob. Okay, but I'm... Yeah, okay. yeah I, I know. Okay. Who is he? One of the driving forces behind the now legendary first two Motley Crue records, Shout at the Devil and Too Fast for Love, and not in that order. Now, yes. this being 2024, 40-plus years should later... should tell you something here. Yes. Will this translate to today's sound. Loyal to the Lie was the initial track that was on the uh, on the recordings that I listened to. I assume it's the first one on the CD if you were to get the CD. It was good, but not great. It's certainly better. It's certainly... It's just, I just don't know what else to say. It's just really, it's a good song, but it's just not great. I didn't hate it, but I don't love it. It's certainly better than any Motley song released in the last 20 plus years. I really like the edgy feel to the next song, The Right Side of Wrong. It's got a really nice guitar in there. You can hear some of that mix sound that he's so famous okay, for. Okay, well then, I, I probably like it then. You would, you would. I really like this song. Undone is the next one I listen to. It is a pretty powerful song as well. Again, it's a really good song. It uh, undone shows some different emotions and some guitar that displays some different emotions. That was very well. It was a really good song. I like that one very well too. I like that. I like that aspect too. Memories. You're, you're starting to learn me and my music. Well, our music isn't that far off. You got kind of like a country version of what I like. You got, you know, you're a little bit more Skinner and Hatchet and stuff like that, you know, uh, and I'm a little well, bit... Well, no, I, I surprised. I, I still listen to other things. Oh, I know you do. I, yeah, yeah, I do too. I, that's my preference. Yeah. But I still reach out. I know you do. I could tell you stuff about country. I mm -hmm. uh, I need to start bringing up more country, honestly. Variety is the spice of life. Actually, you never know. I just might tonight. Hell, why not? The more you listen and the more you expand your mind, the better off you are as a human being. So if you like other types of music, I think that shows intelligence, not ignorance. So, uh, Memories is the next one, and it's a decent ballad. I thought it was okay, but I bet many people will love it. But to me, it was uh, what I call weak sauce on a ballot scale. It, it was 
to me, it was written to be a ballad and didn't have that much feeling in it, to me. It wasn't yeah. like uh, on the Cordinary album, which they released uh, only if you bought the Motley Crue self-titled album with John Karabi. You could only get it if you went inside that CD and sent off this little uh, this little coupon and you paid so much money and got it. It was, on, it was called Cordinary, and they all had a song, each one of them, like the Beatles or Kiss used to do. is like Nikki Six, Tommy Lee, uh, John Karabi, right. and Mick Mars. Mick Mars' ballad on that, Bittersweet, is a beautiful, beautiful song. This is nothing like that. Bittersweet had no words. This does have words, and it's just not that good. Uh, you know, I bet many people will love it just because it's a ballad. Alone was maybe one of the best songs on there. That has a cut-through factor. Alone? It, alone. It will be the hit off this album okay. if there is a hit. The guitar tone alone is really different. I personally love it. Um, so if you listen, I bet you anything that like you and me and the people that like songs that are put together well and arranged well, Alone will be your song. You'll be like, that is the best song here. I love that song. Well, I, I'll tell you what. It's just, just that name of the song that I, well, I got to thinking about Heart and their song Alone, and I love it. Well, I think alone has a deeper yeah. message to it. I think alone means like, you know what? He's out on himself. He's out on his own now. And I think Which, he might... honestly, right now, Rob Rad's alone. So, you know. Yeah, you know what? It goes around. I have, I, I have me, my dog, and my cat. It, go, it goes around, Rob. We all took our and parts son, in being alone. And my son comes in and out, you know, so... Rob, we've all taken our parts on being alone. Okay. Ready to Roll is heavy, crunchy song of the whole pile. I loved it. Before it just became another aggression song, the vocals and hook took over and made it a true piece of music. You see, it's come out real crunchy. I'm like, oh, man. Nah, they're not going to do this shit now. You know, the kind of cookie monster kind of sound and stuff. But no. All of a sudden, it changed in there. And the vocals and uh, and the hook made it into a real song. It wasn't just a bunch of aggression. So that was a great song. I loved it. Okay. Guitar was fantastic. Ain't Going Back is the closest to a Motley song on this collection. If you heard it, you would think, oh, that sounds kind of like a Motley song. That's the closest thing he has to a Motley song on this album. And I agree with him. He's done with that. He wants to do his own thing. So if you want to hear Motley stuff, you don't buy his album. Uh, actually, you don't buy Motley's album either if you want to hear Motley stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what album? Yeah. Ugh. Anyhow, I really like this song. It was maybe my favorite. Great, great tone, and the guitar is solid. The bridge slash solo was typical Mick Mars genius. This song was very Jerry Cantrell-ish. Uh, I know you love Jerry Cantrell like I do. I mean, yes, Jerry yes, Cantrell is a genius on guitar, and he's actually an yes, unsung he guitar hero. He is actually, he's an extremely good guitarist, but because of his success, I can't put him in as an underrated guitarist because there is a lot of people that appreciate him, obviously. Alice in Chains was a huge band, it still is. Right. Even without Lane Staley being alive, they still do very well, and that's because the backbone of that band is Jerry Cantrell, kind of like Tony Iommi was with Sabbath. 
you know, a great singer made a lot of difference, but Tony Iovine still had his sound even when uh, Tony Martin was singing, or when Glenn Hughes was singing, or when Ian Gillen was singing, you know, or Ray Gillen or whoever. Okay, right. the, okay. So the, it was very Jerry Cantrellish. The song's hook was heavy. I can say I can say I can uh, I can truly feel the song. Um, you know, it 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 was. Um, well, I'll I'll just put it like this. It's very good. Um, I thought that um, jo, the John Karabi song that he did, but was not yeah. put in the album. What from what I heard of it, heard of it should have been put in the album. Um, I don't know why he chose to not put it in there. He said that it wasn't good enough. But to me, the John Karabi song was the best one out of all of them that I've heard. But it wasn't on this album. You know, it was released back in 2016 or 17, I think. And uh, and then he just cut all ties. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if they got into a fight or something, or maybe royalties. I don't know. But um, that song is actually the best song that Mick Mars put out to me, because Mick Mars and John Karabi, John Karabi changes Mick's attitude on guitar and brings him up a level. I mean, it is just dynamite what they do together. Uh, see Motley Crue, Motley Crue album with John Karabi, and that guitar on there is just so solid. Well, that song, I forgot what they called it, was just fucking awesome, but it wasn't in on this. And then finally, the final song was L.A. Noir. I thought it was refreshing. It's an instrumental that has a roaring 20s kind of vibe to it. This is up there with one of my faves. I liked his effort, but didn't love it. I was also bothered that Mick only co-wrote one song on this. He only co-wrote one song, dude. I really figured at this point he would have his own signature on his solo art. Um, I give Ace's album a nine and a half, and I give Mix a five and a half. So. Yeah. Um, everybody, go to the internet, look it up, listen for yourself. This is just my opinion and what I like in music and what I don't. I feel that Mick Mars' album was a little bit weak for me, but Ace's album might be one of his best efforts ever, and this goes back to Freely's comment and the whole thing. This album that Ace put out is solid. Fantastic music. I, I, okay, I cannot wait to hear it. I Dude, you're gonna love it. To you're going to love it. And the thing is, is this. I think that Ace is pissed off because Kiss has been constantly making fun of him oh man like yeah. I, I think the famous quote that really set him off was Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons were on Howard Stern and uh, and Howard Stern brought up something about Ace and he said well piss is what we would sound like instead of kiss if Ace was still with us that inflamed Ace and he said fuck you guys quit talking about me how long's it been leave me the fuck alone and then he started going in he goes man he goes my new album's gonna make you guys look like imbeciles and get this, I'm still touring, I'm still doing albums. How long's it been since you guys done an album? A long time, and the last couple albums they did sucked ass. It was horrible. Okay, well, I'm going to stand up for Ace on this one. Yeah. Ace had Freeze Comet. Mm-hmm. Major album. Major album. Yeah. Uh, what the hell has the rest of them done single-wise? Well, 
Okay, here is it. It's a tale of Just two. Saying. It's a tale of two bands, honestly. Okay, you have the first Inception of Kiss, and then they went yeah. into their disco era, which was still great. I loved a Dynasty. I think has a great album. I love yeah, yeah, I love the yeah, disco. Awesome. Yeah, I, it was still great music to me. They called it disco. I didn't necessarily think it was disco, but they they called it disco. And then they had Unmasked, which was a great album too. Um, so then they went back to rock, and they um, got Eric Carr in the band, and it gave a whole new uh, heavier tone to it. And they released uh, yeah. Creatures of the Night. Which had like yeah, great yeah. songs on it. I love it loud. All hell's gonna break loose. I mean, yeah. great, great album. So then Ace was out of the band after that. So then that is when they decided to take off their makeup and uh, and become another band. They wanted to become part of this trust, new. Trust uh, me, I have the action figures in the studio. Yay, good man. So um, anyhow, so. They then they went to play an '80s butt rock, if you will. Love a lot of the songs, yeah. but it's true. Yeah, it, yeah, well, they they had to change with the time. Yes, like and they everybody did. else. So this was a different band. It had a first. It featured uh, Vinnie Vincent, but Kiss Lick It Up was actually a pretty hard album. It was a heavy album. So then uh, Vinnie Vincent didn't work out because it looks to me like, in my opinion, kind of nuts. So, then they go to Mark St. John. Mark St. John was a yeah. known guitarist. He's a virtuoso. He was really good, really fast. He developed an yes, arthritic. He, he developed an arthritic hand condition and couldn't complete the tour. So they went to Bruce Kulick. Bruce Kulick was there through all of the '80s until the uh, I don't know, '90s, I think. Uh, later, yeah, which, later in the '90s. I highly respect, by the way. Oh, I love Bruce Kulick. Great guitarist. Yes, Great person I, by I all accounts. Yeah, he had his own signatures down and still does, and I love him. You know, so I follow um, him on Facebook. Oh, I do too. And he doesn't know why. <laughs> he doesn't know why Kiss has a problem with him because he's never done said anything towards him. But whatever. Um, so anyhow, they so that was that band, and then they came back to be in the original Kiss. They got the later later in the nineties. They did did that Kiss Unplugged. Then all of a sudden, right. Ace and Peter come out and join them. So they kind of right. used MTV to accelerate the, uh, we're all getting back together and going to do a reunion final tour. Well, they decided to keep touring and keep touring up. I guess it wasn't a final tour. So then they, um, first I, Peter. I, I, yeah, I got, I got the 2000 final tour shirt I'm looking at. I got the 96 97. Oh, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, their final tour then. So then. And they finally um, finalized it last year, 2023. Yeah, yeah, at the end of it in December, early December. So then they, uh, the Peter jumps out, he goes out of the band, and uh, Eric Carr passed away, so they couldn't get him. Um, so they got Eric Singer. Eric Singer yep. what, put on the cap makeup. Um, from what I understand, they paid Peter Chris for his. Uh, for his logo, you know, his cat, and all that stuff. So then um, Ace, Tommy Thayer was Ace's guitar tech. And according to Thayer, and I don't think Ace disputed this, Ace sometimes wouldn't show up to a show. 
So they would put Tommy Thayer in Ace's uh, costume and Ace's makeup, and he would come out and play Ace freely. I've read that. I've never heard Ace dispute that. It. I, I can kind of believe it. So when Ace finally parted ways when they booted him out again or whatever happened, depending on who you talk to, Tommy Thayer was it. So, um, anyhow, there's been He'd bad, already proven himself. There's been a little bit of bad blood ever since they they've been taking barbs at each other. Then they got happy with each other. Uh, Gene and Ace started hanging out together a little bit, and then Paul and Ace got chummy, and and then all of a sudden it's just like Paul. I don't know. The older he gets, the more crass he gets. He says that that um, Ace and Peter are both anti-Semitic and think that they. Uh, that they're uh, quote unquote Jews that are stealing all the money from everybody else in the band. This is what Paul says. Ace and Peter, I don't know if Peter said anything. I don't even know if he responds. But Ace is like, no fucking way. We've never felt like that. And I don't know how he gets that. So anyhow, this the little barbs have been going back and forth. So anyhow, let's uh, go ahead and take um, a break. And then we come back with the... Yeah, we need to, because we, we still have a lot to talk about. Yes, I know. But we went over last night. Maybe we'll go over again tonight. We'll see. Um, uh, next coming up is Underrated Actually, Rock Bands. Actually, I think we did a couple times last week. I think too. we did, too. We're, we're just I think getting... we're trying to make up to Des Moines. Yes. We're trying to keep Des Moines happy. Des Moines is not bitched at Actually, me. Actually, we're trying to keep everybody happy. Yeah. Des Moines... To their credit, including Blake, who's been all over me, has been really cool now. We gave them new shows. They're settled down. So I think we got it squared away with that. So anyhow. Uh, But anyhow, thank you, Des Moines. We're glad you're such such fans up there. You guys are awesome. Uh, So let's take our first break. Oh, yeah. What? But we thank everybody. Yes. Not just Des Moines. everybody. Everybody. Thank you, Rob. We love our assholes. Yeah, we love all you assholes. You guys are great. Right. Oh, by the way, hi, Opal. Oh, hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandma Opal. We love you. You're awesome. So, okay. All right. And her grandson, who I never can remember his name. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, all we had his name. I just keep re- I, I can't write it down. I can't find the email. So, anyhow. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. We've oh. had it twice. So we... All right. Opal's grandson, <laughs> write me again, please. All right. We're yeah, gonna, and, and just so you know, that's what you get when you get your 50s. <laughs> yes. You get forgetful. Yeah. I think it's like Jim or something like that. But anyhow, just write us again. If you even care, yeah. if you don't care that we mention your name, then don't write us. It doesn't matter. Anyhow, let's take our first break. We're going to come back with underrated rock bands. Rob's list and mine. Yes, list. we are. Yep, and I got some goodies, and I know you will too. So I got some goodies too. All right, and well, I just went with ten. I put two extra in there that I'm not going to give because I did that to protect myself. I thought you're going to go twelve again, so I put two extra to the side. Take a break. I need a break. Hey, look! I think we found land. Oh my God! I think we're safe. Oh no! It's the island of horrible jokes. What did the coach say to the vending machine? Give me my quarterback. 
Brick Shells Energy Drink. That's right. Brick Shells Energy Drink. Make that cool girl. Chew off your own balls. You want to fuck shit up? You want to cross the Please enjoy Brick Shithouse Energy Drink responsibly. It's not readily available anywhere because of liability issues. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. So let me see. Let's say I was offended by people being offended. Then would people being offended all the time would have to not be offended around me because I was offended by them being offended? Hmm. I may never know. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. May your spoon always slip and sink into your hot soup. Two douchebags and a microphone. Because we all need dick jokes. Not responsible for greasy residue left on your Bluetooth. No! No! Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. May your five-year-old neighbor have all their violin lessons during all of your hangovers. Two douchebags in a microphone, raw and uncensored. See behind the smoke show. Watch as the douchebags get stung by a swarm of bees. Enjoy one of many coffee houses ordering our heroes out. Watch Mark revisit Clinton, Missouri to claim his innocence for all the mad shitter accusations. Act now and get both high quality DVD sets and a free douchebag calendar. Mark off today with a douchebag looking at you. Supplies are limited, so act now. Two douchebags and a microphone. I'm Mark. And I am Rob. All right. Rob, do you want to do the honors first or do you want me to do the honors first? This is underrated rock bands. List of ten. You got a coin on you? Um, yeah, hang on. Right here, I got one. Okay. Um, you want me to call it? Tails. What do you call? Tails. Tails. It's Tails. All right, I'm deferring to you. All righty. Okay. I, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yep. Because honestly, I did the same thing. Yeah, but I mean... That's the, all right. That's all right. I feel good with this one. And actually... The Chiefs do it, so I defer to. Actually... <laughs> actually what? We're not going there tonight. <laughs> actually, uh... While we were recording this while ago, yeah. I looked up another fact about my. Oh, I got a shocker for you. I did not know it, but anyway. Okay. Um, all, right. all right. I can't wait and for I that. I went with 10. I went with 10. Like I said, I had two extra just to protect myself, Rob. But go ahead. 
I went with ten. I've got ten. The other two are scratched. I followed off. the rules this time. All right. I got two that are scratched. Okay, off. number ten. Yep. I went with Toto. Actually, that's a great choice. They should have been uh, bigger. I agree. They they went with in different decades, you know. They, they did. Were, they were good. They were good. I agree. Okay, number nine. I had to go with my Southern Rock. Mm-hmm. Little Feet. Oh, okay. Good choice. I, I, Like I said, I had to give my Southern Rock a little love there. Mm-hmm. Number eight. I got to give Kansas City some love. Shooting Star? Shooting Star. Yeah, they, they had was, some. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're still, they, well, they were touring. I've, I've seen them down here. I have one of their concert shirts from down here. But uh, that was before Van McClain died. Yes, and I, I met. Guitars. Yeah, I, I've met him. I met so many members of them. Around town, they're really good down there. A guitar pick from when I see them in St. Joe. Yeah, they were playing Last Chance, and he seen how much I was into their music. Uh huh. And he threw me the guitar pick from Last Chance, and I still have it in my jewelry box. That's cooler than hell. Yeah. All right. On to number seven. I really would have liked to see more out of this band. Uh huh. Fast Way. <laughs> they're on my list too, dude. Uh, they're original. You know, the original album. Mm -hmm. And then they did the trick or treat soundtrack. Yeah, dude, that was just awesome. Yep. I mean, that music just hit. Okay, number six, Cinderella. I yep. think. Cinderella should have got more notoriety. I would agree. Number five, UFO. I got them on my list too. Wow, cool. Okay, okay, okay. This is where the fact comes in. Okay. The basis for UFO mm -hmm. is Pete Way. Yeah, Wasted Pete Way is what they used to call him. Who went on Fast Way to be the basis of Fast Way. 
Yes. Yep. I just found that out while we were. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that before? Here. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I always thought he was a guy that deserved more credit because of the bands that he was behind. Dude, and yeah. also, I believe that he had some uh, dealings with Def Leppard before they uh, got Phil Collin and uh, Steve... Uh, oh, shit, their guitarist, Steve. Uh, the one that died. Um, oh, well, anyhow, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Okay, number four. Dan Seals. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, he started out with England Dan and John Ford Coley. Oh, wow. Well, you're going way many, back there. Who, who had many hits. Uh-huh. Awesome hits. Then they split. Okay. Then Dan Seals went on to have multiple number one country hits. Wow. Told you I was going to throw country in. Good for you. He did. That was a great crossover, in. dude. That was perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, I've always loved Dan Seals. I get Great it. songwriter, you know. Do you like him in a Crosby, Seals, Nash & Young? Yes. I did too. Anyhow, go ahead. Okay. Number three. I think Blue Ocean Colt should have more notoriety. They are the one they are one of the ones that I took off of my list because they had twelve. Yeah. They hit my number three. That's cool. I can see why. Yeah. Number two? My man, Aldo Nova, it ain't just yes. him, it's a band. Well, the, the music behind him even. I really considered Aldo Nova, but here's why I didn't. You know, Aldo Nova, the reason he didn't put out more albums because he was playing guitar for big bands and in the studio. I mean, he is behind a lot of big bands. They, he was like their secret weapon. They're like, hey, Aldo, right. give us a rhythm. Okay. Okay, all right. Now, um, you got some sort of a bridge you want to go with that? And he would sell music and play music in the studio for people to help them complete songs. So that's okay, why they well, put him in there. I was going off what he produced. And what, off he, what he came out with. What he came out with was excellent, and I agree. Did you even get his, uh, his later. His albums were all, are awesome. Did you get his 90s album, mid 90s? Blood on the Bricks? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That was a good album, too. Yeah. Okay. Okay, number one. All right. Gotta go with April Wine. <laughs> they're on my list, but they're not number one. That's my number one. I can see that totally. I can see that totally. Alright, great job, Rob. Great bands on there. You really dug deep. I appreciate that list a lot. Alright, my welcome. number 10 is Uriah Heep. Oh. Yeah, Uriah Heep should have got... They I have, have killer stuff. I have that band. I have. 
I've always been into their music. They have been criminally overlooked. I swear. They have they have some fantastic music out there that people they have had, no idea. They had their own sound. Yes. Actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are just excellent, excellent. And all I gotta say is this if you wanna be familiar with uh, Uriah Heap, just do a search, Google it, put Uriah Heap's music, then just take a little time out of your day and listen to a little bit of it at a time. Yeah. It, it's just phenomenal stuff. Number nine, ELO, or also known as Electric Light Orchestra. Damn it. That would have been my number, yeah, they, they probably would have been my number 11. ELO is also another one that's criminally overlooked. They had some hits. I honestly thought about them the other day at work and forgot to write them down. Yep, I, I mean, look, we both know good music and ELO is good God, music, yeah. so, yeah. Number eight, Jethro Tull. Yeah, see that one all yeah. the way. Yeah, um, he crossed my mind the other day too. Yeah, I mean any six foot four, long haired, Jesus looking dude that plays a flute one footed is all right with me, right? Yeah. Number seven, Fast Way with Wasted Pete Way. That number seven. Number seven. They were my number seven. Oh, wow. We feel right in. Okay, cool. Yeah, tight. Yeah, perfect. Number six, Molly McFucking Hatchet. Oh, love you, brother. Yeah. Love you. Molly Hatchet should have been much bigger. I mean, yeah, their, stuff, their stuff was awesome. Flirting with disaster. I mean, all of that. I mean, they're good. I'm waiting for them to come to Campton. I would love to see them. Love to see them. I always liked them better than Skinner, but I mean that's just my own, my own musical. No, me too. Me oh, too. Okay. Me too. Number five, April Wine. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, April Wine would have been lower some, on the list. Give my boys some love. Oh, I love the guys. They they would have been lower on my list, but they had quite a few hits. Sign of the Gypsy yeah, Queen, Around Town, Just Between You and Me. I mean, they've had they had quite a few hits, and they did very well. So I couldn't put them down there any further because they did do well. It's just they should have done better. They should have done a lot better because yeah. there are a lot of songs they did that never got any notice, unfortunately. So my number four. But, it, but if you go back and listen to them, man, it's good. It's great. Right, when you listen to it, it's it like, really how come this wasn't a big hit? How come this wasn't all over the radio? Well, I think right. their record their record company wasn't really good at promoting them, I believe. That's what it looks like right. to me. They should have been bigger. So Yeah, yeah, they they didn't have enough money to pay their pay them. So yeah. Well, and you know, record companies back then, REO was bigger than uh, Pink Floyd because REO's record company supposedly came in and gave the DJs hookers and blow right. to play their music ahead of anything right. else. So Anyhow, uh, well documented, look it up, Google it, whatever. So, okay, anyway. move on. Okay. Number four Thin Lizzy. Oh, yes. Thin Lizzy should have been huge. Agree. 
They should have been huge by all accounts. And I think they were bigger yeah. in England, but I don't know. I don't really know the English charts that well. Number three, Triumph. Okay. Okay. I, I put them on successful list. Oh, okay. You see, you just did what I, I did with April have, but I have. No. Triumph okay. to me is a successful. Okay. I, I get it. That's your opinion. No, 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 no. I agree with that. They were very successful. I just thought that they, the gap was bigger than they wanted. They should have got more. I think they should have gotten more. Yeah, but that's cool. Number two, I think this is not going to be disputed at all. And when you think about it, you're going to have a wow. I could have had a V8 moment, Rob. Kings X. King's X should have been huge by all accounts. They were fantastic. The singing, the guitar playing, the everything. I never even gave them any thought. King's X is criminally underrated. I mean, they are just... I am so sorry. That is my bad. And you know where they originated at, right? Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. And number one... I feel so bad right now. (laughs) Number one... I'm almost in tears here, dude. I am so sorry. Number one... UFO. Right on. UFO was responsible for so many different sounds that came big later. They were just really kind of ahead of their time. I mean, Michael Schenkner was so good and then they got um, Vinnie Moore I mean they've always had great guitarists they've had great songs like Dr. Doctor and all this stuff and I seen them open up for Wasp a couple of years ago and yeah, it was just really really good oh no no wait that was Michael Schenker sorry I seen UFO at Ameristar Casino a couple of years ago and Phil Moog was <laughs> incredible some people are screaming for uh, Vinnie Moore, and they're going, fuck yeah, come on, Vinnie Moore, come on, Vinnie Moore. And Phil Moog, he's an English gentleman, he walks over there, he goes, you know, because the acoustics in your, you're in this room, I can hear you. And then they're all like, er. He goes, if you haven't noticed, Mr. Moore is over here, but, you know, i got to be quite honest, you know, I am singing, and I'm all I'm hearing is this gentleman's name. And the people there with the big sides and many more sides are kind of like, uh, uh, uh. He was just screwing with him, right? <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, yeah. it was funny. It was just okay. way he did Okay, it. just for the record. Yes. What was your number 12? Because I have a number 12. Oh, okay, hang on. Du-du-du-du. Number 12 was Cheap Trick. Ooh, okay. I think they should have been much bigger than what we were. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I should have them too. But my number twelve. Yeah. Montrose. Oh. Okay, I can't argue with that. That's a good one. What's your number eleven? That was. Uh. Oh, keep track. Okay. Uh, my number yeah. 11 is Mott the Hoople. 
Oh. Oh. the Hoople is responsible for a lot of the 80s sound, way before the 80s. Yeah, now, you have a good point there. Yeah. You have a good point there. They were just ahead of their time. If they would have came out yeah, a little bit later, they, they would have been huge. Um, I, and they still have great songs, too. I mean, I, you can listen to them and think they're straight out of the mid-80s. So... Anyhow, let's take our second break because Rob has a wrestling roundup coming yeah, for your uh, ear holes. Yeah, I'm going to need it because I'm going to be talking quite a bit. He's going to make your ear holes bleed, bitches. Right? Yep. All righty, we will be right back with Rob's wrestling roundup. The apocalypse just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat. Hi all, this is Mark here. I'm usually the one telling you what to eat during an apocalypse. Well, this time I decided to go the other way. You ever consider just going to ground zero and saying fuck it? Do you really want to be the guy running around looking for radioactive deer guessing whether water is not contaminated or not. No food, no shelter, no nothing. Oh no, there's a strong argument that says, you know what, let's just go to Crown Zero and see what's for us after. Just a thought. Please remember to go to Cole's dressing room, wait five minutes and scream, Hey, there's no toilet paper in here! <laughs> Hello, this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than listen to two douchebags in microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy. Saw the puppy in half. Hey there, don't worry, I have a clown nose. Oh no! That drunk guy just hit my child! It is okay, I have a clown nose. Clown nose, just put one on and you can do anything. Wanna run for office? Murder people in public? Just grab a clown nose and bam, everyone laughs. Clown noses are sold at keg stores online and pedophile conventions. Grab one today and make magic happen. Oh, oh shit. shit. What's, What's that, that over there? there? Oh, oh no. no. It's this island, island of horrible, horrible jokes. jokes. Ugh. A wooden shoe in my toilet. I guess it was clogged. <laughs> And now, a brand new feature, Strange Insults from an Alien. May your mother come to talk to you, and then leave your door slightly ajar, so that you may have to get up and close it. All right, well, 
I spent most of my day today watching the WWE Elimination Chamber. It was the latest pay-per-view. I thought it was today. Well, it ended up being yesterday. But you so watched I had it to today. Cram all this into one day. That's why I had a busy day <laughs> today. Yep. Okay, well, Elimination Chamber happened in Perth, Australia. Nice. Yeah. Uh, there were, it was at Optus, Optus Stadium. Uh-huh. There was 52,590 people in attendance. Wow. It, well, uh, yeah, there's a lot of connections here. Okay. Okay, elimination chamber, what it is. There's six people. The first four uh -huh. get into, well, there's a chain and steel cage around the ring. Okay, and wow. Each, in each corner... There is what looks like a plexiglass mm -hmm. and steel cage that four people get in each one, you know, one person in each corner. Okay. And then the next two people come in and start the match. Well, here's the thing I found out. What looks like plexiglass is uh, actually bulletproof glass. They mentioned that. Wow. And the temperature most of the week in Perth, Australia mm -hmm. was 100 degrees. And these cages, there's very... The only air you get through it is through the cracks in the doors and stuff while you're in the cages waiting your turn to come into the match. Okay. Yeah, so there's very little oxygen in there. Wow. Yeah, like I said, I, I did some digging into this. Okay, the first match was the Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh-huh. Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, which Indy Hartwell is a Australian native. Mm-hmm. And Candice LeRae is a former NXT women's champion. Okay. Took on the Kabuki Warriors, Corey Sane and Asuka. Okay. It was a very good match. Corey Sane with the insane elbow to Candice LeRae. And, yeah, I mean, 
Kabuki Warriors retain the titles. Okay. But I'm telling you, keep your eyes on Andy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Up and comers? Very, very good tag team. Okay, cool. Okay, and they come to fight. Okay. Okay, next up. This is where it gets long. Okay. The women's elimination chamber. That's where they put four people in a corner in these cages. Uh huh. And it's an actual chain cage. Yeah. The walls are chained and steel. Okay. Okay. And the first entrant was Bianca Belair. Okay. Then come Raquel Rodriguez, which had been injured, but just come back this last Monday night on Raw, uh -huh. won a match to enter. And then you had Tiffany Stratton, Liv Morgan, who just came back off what was it, like 10, 11 month injury. Uh-huh. And then you got Naomi. Okay. And the final, final person, the man, Becky Lynch. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, Naomi and Becky Lynch started the match. Then came in Liv Morgan. But, and then... Uh, Tiffany Stratton pinned Naomi. See, that's the thing. If you get pinned, you're out of the match. Okay. Which comes in later. Okay. And then next up, next in was Bianca Belair. Okay. And then Lynn Morgan pinned Tiffany Stratton. Cool. And the last three fought hard. It was Belek, Bianca Belair, and Raquel Riguez. Okay. And Liv Morgan and Bianca. And then Liv Morgan gets pinned by Becky Lynch. Cool. And it was only like 10 seconds between Liv pinning Bianca and Becky turned around and got Liv. Hey, it could have been 10 seconds. Yeah. And the winner of that, so Becky Lynch moves on to take on Rhea Ripley for the women's championship at WrestleMania. Okay. Cool. Next up was the Males Tag Team Championship. Okay. It was a new group, New Cats Republic, which is Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. 
which he done just changed his name. He was Butch from the Fight Club with Rich Holland and Seamus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they took on the champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day. Uh-huh. Dominic Mysterio puts Balor's foot on the ropes, get caught, gets kicked out of the arena. Bally, or Balor gives the coup de gras to Pete Dunne. Uh-huh. Keep an eye on the for to retain the titles but I'm telling you what keep an eye on Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn cool that's a good tag team they work very good together so that's probably an up and comer then yes yes I, I in my opinion yes okay well I trust it you know what you're talking about yeah and then uh, they had their like halftime show, uh-huh. which was the Grayson Waller effect. Okay, Grayson Waller—it's like their talk show, you know, mm-hmm. like Rowdy Roddy Piper used to have. You know, they've all done it. Yeah, but Grayson Waller happens to be from Sydney, Australia. Uh-huh. I was not even going to report on this till I got to watch it. Okay. He'd come out and he had Austin Theory as his co-host. He brings out Seth freaking Rollins. Uh-huh. Who happens to be world champion right now. And then he calls out Cody Rhodes, the Mm -hmm. American Nightmare, who is set to take on Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, it, 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 it was stupid, but then... Uh... Austin Theory ended up getting sidewalk stomped by Seth Rollins. Uh huh. And then Cody Rhodes challenged Dwayne The Rock Johnson anytime, anywhere. What What does The Rock have anything to do with anything? Why did he do that? Uh, be, well, because The Rock stepped in. And he was going to take on his cousin, Roman Reigns, of oh. WrestleMania. Okay. And, but Cody Rhodes, and come on, The Rock's been gone forever. Yeah. How does he get to come in? And Cody Rhodes, well, why would we step back? Why would we step back and let The Rock challenge him? Oh, wow. But then, I think it was just this last week, mm-hmm. 
Cody said no. That's my match. Cool. So it's going to be Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Sounds like a pretty good matchup. But here's the interesting thing. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes was working really well against the two of them. Well, not the two of them. They only beat the hell out of Austin Theory. Okay. Alright, next up we have the Men's Elimination Chamber. Okay. Very good match. I'm telling you, these Elimination Chamber matches, they beat the hell out of each other. They hmm. Sounds cool. A lot of them, most of the time, there's only two people fighting. The okay. rest of them are laying around trying to catch their breath and hurt. Got okay. it. And the men's, Kevin Owens, first in. Okay. Should be one of your favorites. He's from Quebec, Canada. Known as the prize fighter. Uh, um, Quebec is different than the rest of Canada. I don't like them. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, they don't like the rest of Canada. They're French. They hate them. And Canada doesn't like them. Yeah. I did not know Uh, that. It's Okay. okay. And then the second entrant was Bobby Lashley. Uh-huh. To our Denver, Colorado fans. He's from Denver, Colorado. We have quite a few hits from Denver, too, as you saw. That's why I'm giving them a shout-out. Thank you, Denver. Much love. I like I like Bobby Lashley. I do. Okay, good. Okay, and then the third entrant was the United States champion Logan Paul from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Uh, And then the fourth entry. Okay. My man from St. Louis, Missouri, Randy Orton. Oh, cool. And his entrance into this match Tied him with Jerich with Chris Jericho cool. for their ninth elimination chamber match. Wow! They they have the most. And then the fifth entrant, Drew McIntyre from Scotland. Mm-hmm. That's all they said. Scotland. They didn't say what town. Okay. And number six, L.A. Knight. From, of course, L.A., California. Yeah. So, Drew McIntyre and L.A. Knight started out. Next come in Kevin Owens. Okay. And then Drew took out both Double clothesline. All right. Okay. 
Uh, okay. The Viper, Randy Orton, Lashley, and Drew already beat the hell out of each other. Randy goes after Owens, everyone down. Logan Paul turns. Uh, McIntyre eliminated Bobby Lashley. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, like I said, I wrote down all kinds of notes here. Oh, here. Okay. When they were taking Bobby Lashley out of the ring because they took him out on a stretcher. Uh Uh-huh. AJ Styles entered the ring. Okay. Beat the hell out of LA Knight with a steel chair. Okay. <laughs> Drew McIntyre on the ground puts. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Drew McIntyre happened to be laying next to him. Uh huh. Rolled over, put his arm over L.A. Knight, eliminates L.A. Knight. Oh, wow. Okay. Logan Paul and Kevin Owens keep going at it. They have a long battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Randy Orton ended up eliminating Kevin Owens. Okay. Then end up a face off between Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. But Randy Orton's back's hurt. Logan yeah. Paul brings out the brass knuckles. Okay. Did you remember? Do you remember me talking about those brass knuckles on yeah. the last yes on Roundup? Yeah, it was a while ago, but yes, I remember. And that was against Kevin Owens. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Well, Randy Orton sees it, takes out Owens. Ooh, okay. Then Drew McIntyre pins Orton. Okay. So Drew McIntyre goes on to face at WrestleMania versus Seth the freaking Rollins for the title. Nice. And this is what lost me. That was not the main event. Okay. The main event was the women's championship. Okay. It was Nia Jax versus Rhea Ripley. Okay. Which I did a little research here. Mm -hmm. I did not know this. I thought Nia Jax was like Samoan. Yeah. But I, I Googled her. Okay. No. She is Australian American. Interesting. She has part Australian blood, and I almost bet not very many people at that arena do that. Uh huh. But she looks Samoan. That's interesting. Huh. Okay. She took on the women's champion, Rhea Ripley. 
which is part of Judgment Day, whose hometown is Adelaide, Australia. Okay. She started wrestling at 15 years old. Okay. Rhea Ripley has had the belt since last WrestleMania, so she's going on a year. Wow. Okay. Actually, Nia dominated the first part of the match. But okay. Rhea comes back. Nia takes over again. Nope. Uh, Nia took everything off the announce table. Or no, Rhea cleared the announce table. Mm -hmm. Nia Simone drops Rhea on the table. Uh-huh. On the announce table. Uh-huh. And then they end up in, back in the ring. Nia did elbow drop. Rhea put Rhea through the table. Drags in the ring. Ends up the champion Rhea Ripley pins Nia Jax and retains. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Like I said, it was a long... That took up most of my day, dude. Dude, that Between was... that adulting... Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a great report. Thank you, Rob. You've got in detail about some of their backgrounds and everything. I enjoyed that. All right. Yeah, well, there was more I wrote down, but I thought we'd run out of time. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to go to bed because you got to work uh, early in the morning. And uh, we're going on an hour and uh, 20 minutes, so. Um, I ain't so. worried about it. I'm having a good time. Okay, that's good. It's what we do, man. It's yeah, what it we is. do. All right. Well, on the next podcast, we have some emails. I'm trying to get them caught up again since the cruise. I'm doing pretty well. Oh, the last yeah, I you did say we were going to do them tonight. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. We'll do them later. But we, I told we, you it was We didn't have one. time. Uh, we got some more ass paddlings coming. I know. And uh, other stuff, too. I got a couple. Uh, I got some more uh, new words into the... For, this is Webster, not that little group that I'm speaking of new words that they added to the dictionary as of this year. We got some more of them. Right. Um, some odd questions, all kinds of stuff coming up. So, Tuesday will be our next podcast. It's Sunday night as of right now. I'm going to try to throw a podcast out tonight or this morning, and then one tomorrow, hopefully. So, anyhow, everybody have a great night. Thank you for listening. Good night, assholes. Good night, assholes. <laughs>